Live from Western Kentucky University, capital of the Hilltopper Nation. Whether it's in the locker room or on the field, behind the clipboard or on the court, home or away, we've got you covered. Get ready to enter the Red Zone, your destination for all things sports, right here on Revolution 91.7. Welcome back to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. I am your host, Ryan Gooden, sitting alongside Matthew Hargrove, Toy Bowling, and our producer, Caden Gaylord. Patrick Carey could not be here with us tonight, so we will not have to hear about the Bengals for the first time in a couple weeks. Thank God. <laughs> Getting their first dub of the year. I know, and I would have to hear about how Joe Mixon is the best running back in the league, which is just not true. But uh, we have a plaque show for you guys tonight. We have Western Kentucky football as they got their first win last week against MTSU, 100 Miles of Hate. What I don't know if – we'll just start out with this. Do you think that it is because of the competition – or is it because they they finally played well? Because um, MTSU has played awful the first two games, and we come in there with ba- WKU barely beats them twenty to seventeen. Listen, I know MTSU has had a terrible season so far, but we have to remember this was a rivalry game, and they were going to Murfreesboro. Ignore the fact that it was a close game, and at home WKU probably needs to win. By more than three points. Tyrell Pigram, again, he got the job done when the Tops needed him to. He led that late fourth quarter drive into the end zone, found Joshua Simon, and man, I was so impressed. The guy that I was most impressed with in that topper win was Jakari Moses. The run game was non effective, and then going back to that late fourth quarter drive he hadn't had a touch the entire game and he goes out there and gets 36 yards on that one drive absolutely sensational and all that matters is they got the job done it's not it's not a bad win because of the rivalry and because it was on the road well I have you know a couple feelings about it one you know it's always good to be MTSU Um, you know like you said it's a rivalry game and no matter what the discrepancy is in um, in talent, um, rivalry games always tend to even things out. Um, so, good win. And like you said, Tyler Pigrome going down, throwing that late touchdown to Joshua Simon. Um, just a you know great play. But where I do have a complaint is that the fact that this offense still kind of struggled at times. I mean, it just felt like it had no flow, nowhere to go against an MTSU defense that had given up at least 37 points in each of its first three games. 42 to Army, 47 to Troy, who, I mean, you know, is not in Alabama, and uh, 37 to UTSA, again, who's not a power team. So um, it just feels like it's a good win, but I don't know if it necessarily bodes well for WK going forward. But, like, you know, obviously that doesn't matter, like, right now because they did beat MTSU, but um, still – there was still some some stuff out there left to be desired from that WKU offense. And even though Jakari Moses did run the ball well in the fourth quarter in that last touchdown drive, I think the reason why the Tops are struggling so much on offense is because of the run game. You can't get anything going, and then everyone is 
looking for Tyrell Pigram to do something. And he can't do much because everyone knows he's going to throw the ball or take off and run himself. Gage Walker, Tyson Helton said before the MTSU game that he doesn't think Gage Walker has had a slow start to the season. He's just not getting a lot of touches. Well, he only got five touches this yeah. game. So what do you want it to be? And he also fumbled in the second quarter. That was a huge turnover. Yeah, I just don't know if Gage Walker is your guy anymore. I mean, you saw uh, Jakari Moses get five carries and then um, – I believe his name is Chris Jones. Chase Jones. Chase Jones. He he got nine carries. He looked better than Gage yeah. Walker. And so at this point, like I think you just gotta start looking, um, looking at some other options. And I'll tell you what, um, you know, the WK receiving core still has a ways to go, but I was impressed with Xavier Lane. You know, I called him out last week, um, saying that these experienced receivers are gonna have to step up and uh, and he did, you know, the senior had seven catches for seventy three yards and a touchdown. And not only Xavier Lane, but Dayton Wade yeah. last season. He had one reception for 10 yards. He hadn't even had a receiving stat going into the MTSU game. And he comes up and has seven receptions and 66 receiving yards. You talk about guys stepping up when they have to. Oh, I mean, you had to have it. Yeah, no Ja'Core Pearson, no Jaquez Sloan. And going back to them having to have those performances, WKU still only one by three. Yep. Well, and here's some quick stats for you guys. Tyrell Pigram, 21 for 36, 188 yards, two touchdowns. Still hasn't thrown an interception this season, which is you love to see. But, I mean, you would like to take some more chances down the field. And maybe I would take an interception instead of playing his safe the entire game. 188 yards, not that many for a quarterback. But he also led the uh, tops in rushing yards, again, with 55 yards on 16 attempts. Like we said earlier, Gage Walker doesn't seem to be the number one guy anymore uh, between Chase Jones and uh, Jakir Moses. I mean, it might be a running back by committee kind of team I, now. I am so tired of this committee stuff with WKU football. I've seen it for way too long with the quarterbacks. And now, when we actually thought that we had a number one running back in Gage Walker, I'm still going to give him time because I love Gage Walker. And it still is early on in the season. But goodness gracious, now we have to go through it with the running backs what is going on, well, my guy, Tory Bowling? Well, I mean, I think part of it is that there's not really a solid – there's not a solid unit to this offense that can spread things out for the rest of the units. So, like, you know, there's not much of a passing game. I mean, even though Pagrome th threw for 188 yards, I mean, it was still only five five yards of an attempt. Um, and then he still only got 3.4 uh, yards to carry as well. So, I mean – there's just not much efficiency to go all the way around for this offense. And, you know, if you don't have a good passing game, that doesn't really bode well for your running game. You don't have a good running game, that doesn't really bode well for your passing game. It's all got to click, and it's just not right now. Yeah, well, but go, real quick, going back to the long ball, I would like to see the offense open up yeah. a little more and Pigram take some more shots down the field. Because it's not like he can't throw the ball. I mean, you see that he's accurate down the field. It doesn't matter how far down you're going. It's just whether or not the receivers can get separation from those corners. Yeah, and he had some opportunities. They were just a little... Little, little out of reach of the receivers. Now, I will say this. He had one throw. I believe it was to Joshua Simon, and I think it was in the first half, right before the half ended, where Joshua Simon, it's like, I mean, the canyon opened up. The yeah. Red Sea parted for this man. It would have been an easy 40-yard touchdown pass, and nobody was in front of him. He wasn't getting pressured or anything. It was an easy practice throw, and he threw it right at his feet, and it was an incomplete pass. And Tyrell Pigram, even though I would like to see him throw the long ball a little bit more, the accuracy does need to pick up. 
Well, like you said, we'll go through Asher O'Hare, the starting quarterback for MTSU. 23 for 33, 217 yards and a touchdown. Also rushed for 98 yards and a touchdown. It just seems like dual threat quarterbacks are always going to kill this defense, no matter who we're playing. I mean, Asher O'Hara, he's an okay QB. Nothing about him, though, when I was watching that game made me feel like he's a special dude. This is a junior, and yeah, he can run the ball pretty well, but he's a lot like Pigram. He's just a lesser version of Tyrell Pigram, and the defense, I thought they were outstanding especially in that first half, the second half. Well, and you see the defensive line. I mean, they finally created some pressure, which you haven't seen much of all year. Uh, they forced three sacks, and they had seven tackles for loss, which is a huge improvement from the last two games that they had. Um, but the the main thing for this Western Kentucky offense for me is is that offensive line, you bring back four or five starters from last year that are supposed to be experienced, and yet you can't push that defense to the second level. I don't get it. you got Gage Walker, who's supposed to be your best running back, and there's no way he's dropped off that much since last year, so it's got to be either the offensive line or just Gage Walker's not hitting the holes right. But either way, somebody's got to step up, and I don't know which one it is. Um, but last thing here is the competition. It's going to get even heavier this week as homecoming is up and we play in Western Kentucky plays Marshall. I mean, Marshall was ranked coming in to two weeks ago. They didn't play because of a postponed game. Marshall's offense is one to be reckoned with. They throw, I mean, I'm pretty sure the quarterback for their team throws 17 yards per pass attempt. They average over 500 yards a game. They score 38 points a game. This defense is going to have a great time on, uh, especially the secondary, on containing this Marshall offense. Yeah, and I feel like we just kind of took a dump on WKU, which I, I didn't mean to. It's just it, it was a good win. I mean, a good rivalry win. It's just that um, going into Marshall – uh, I think the expectations were just a little higher, especially because MTSU is not good this season. And I think Tyler Pigrome did okay. I mean, I, I think he had an all right game. It's not like he was a world burner out there, but they made plays down the stretch to win the game, and that's what's important, and that's what they're going to have to carry over into Marshall. I have a question for everyone real quick. Do you think that we are hard on WKU sports? Do you think when no. maybe sometimes no. they're doing a pretty good job that we're just like, that's not good enough? Well, I mean, you're you well, were zero well, and two you know coming what? into Maybe this game. We're just being honest. Well, I think we're being honest. I mean, I feel like we were pretty appreciative of the season that WK football had last year. If you're talking about basketball, I just think that WK basketball hasn't met their expectations over the last three seasons. They underperformed constantly, but um, for football wise, I mean, they're just being honest. I mean, you start out the year zero and two for like the third straight season, and yet you're expecting to win this game by probably 30 because it's MTSU has not played well all year and it's supposed to be the cornerstone and like the building block to your team's like momentum this year and here you are and if you look at the stats from the last game and the game before that they don't like there's nothing that's changed it doesn't see the play calling is the only thing if you watch the game with your eyes the whole game the play calling is the only thing that changed a little bit during this game which is better because there's no more wide receiver screens as much you're actually getting the ball down the field which is why you see Pigram throwing, what, 24 times? 36. 36 times, um, completing 21 of them. I mean, you have to throw the ball down the field if you want to win this game, especially when your run game has been this awful at the beginning of the season. Yeah, but. and going back to the Marshall game coming up this Saturday, you guys said it, Western Kentucky, it was a good win. The offense didn't look amazing against MTSU, but they did have that drive 
late in the fourth quarter that won them the game. Now, if that offense, if that same offense comes out on Saturday against this impressive Marshall it team, ain't gonna work. it's not going to work. It can work against a team who's 0-3, who has struggled on offense mightily this season. They've only had one game, really, where the offense clicked, and that was the game before when they played UTSA, not UTSA here on Red Zone Radio. But if you pull that performance against this dangerous Marshall team, you are going to go down well, one and three on the season. And Ryan pointed out the Marshall offense, um, you know, putting up 59 against EKU and then, you know, a lot of 17 against Appalachia State. But they've only given up seven points all season. Again, one game was to Eastern Kentucky University, um, you know, an FBS team or FCS team, I'm sorry. But um, a seven points to a ranked Appalachian State team, that's a pretty good performance. You know, they've only played two games, but two games is two games. They've only given up seven points. So this WK offense needs to bring it. And talking about the defensive side, going back to us always sometimes harping on WKU, whether they deserve it or not, we a lot of times talk about the secondary. They <laughs> played pretty well against MTSU. There was not a lot of deep balls thrown from Asher O'Hara. Yeah, he had a lot of those rushing yards, but that doesn't come from the secondary. That just comes from a QB spy being pretty consistent with his job. And I was pretty impressed with the secondary, and hopefully that will give them some momentum. This defense, it looked a lot like it was from last year. And Tyson Helton said that in the postgame press conference as well. And maybe that can give them some momentum. Uh, this was a huge game, especially when you consider the fact that they're going to play Marshall next week. Well, 1-2 and two looks a lot better than 0-3 oh, does, but... Like you, hearts bond on that secondary. You're going to need it from this game. I mean, Grant Wells, the quarterback for Marshall, 27 for 48 on the year with 470 yards. To put that in perspective, Tyro Pigram has barely under 490 yards total, and he's played a whole other game than Grant Wells has. He also has four touchdowns and only one interception. Brendan Knox uh, has 223 yards on 46 carries and two touchdowns. That's going to be a problem for this defense. If they get a, if they have a running game, Marshall, and a passing game, this secondary won't, won't, won't know what to do, and they're going to have to play single coverage, and it's not going to work out, for, especially for Trey Meadows in the, the back. D the WKU offense got pretty lucky as well. Three-point win, and they got pretty lucky. I mentioned the fumble with Gage Walker. Tyrell Pigram, even though he hasn't thrown a pick this year, he did fumble the ball twice. It was just recovered by his own team, and you take – that into consideration it just makes you even more scared if you're a WKU fan so we talked about offense and defense but what does Western have to do to win this game based on numbers standpoint like how many points do you think they have to put up to win this game well Xavier Lane and Dayton Wade have to come out and play the exact same how they did against MTSU and Tyrell Pigram I hate to say it you got to be perfect again my guy yep. two touchdown passes three touchdown passes no interceptions the defense they can't let up the long ball and Marshall's quarterback I'm not sure if he's a dual threat I think they're getting a bye week from dual threat quarterbacks this week so maybe that will help them you know give give the uh give the secondary a little bit of a break, not having to stress so much about the quarterback taking off? Uh, I would say WKU needs to score at least um, 24 points because, um, you know, I think this Marshall team has a good offense, um, but I think if WKU secondary plays like it did uh, yesterday with um, with Devin Key and um, and even Antoine Kincaid getting, on the, getting in on the action with an interception, um, well, he didn't have an interception. It was a near interception. But um, 
if they play like that, I think WKU can win this game with 24 points. But like I said, that secondary's got to lock it up. Devin Key was an he was absolute awesome. He was awesome beast. D'Angelo Malone had that sack in the first drive of the ballgame. The defense, I love to see it. 100 miles of hate rivalry, yeah. and they were hitting hard. They were. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have upset week in college football. It's so good to be back. Uh, you're listening to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Talking all things Tapper Sports, you're listening to Red Zone on Revolution 91.7. Oh, college football upset week. I love to see it. You listen to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. I'm your host, Ryan Gooden, sitting alongside Matthew Hargrove, Toy Bowling, and our producer, Caden Gaylord. We have a ton of games this week for college football. We'll start them off with Alabama. This one's an easy one. They crushed Texas A&M 52-24. Texas A&M doesn't look... I mean, they get overhyped every year, it feels like, especially in the SEC. I just don't get it. Uh, Mac Jones looked really good. He if, did. People forget he was a Kentucky commit before yeah. um, the if, DUI if, situation. If that's the Mac Jones that Alabama gets, then I'd say they're in pretty good shape. Uh, they, I feel like Alabama, no matter what quarterback they have, are always yeah. going to be in pretty good shape. Um, but as we know, Texas, number nine Texas, is indeed not back. Texas football is not back. Uh, as they lost to TCU 33-31, to they look awful the past two weeks of, of college football uh Sam Ellinger I looked at one point and I think he was 13 for he, he finished 17 for 36 that's that's not gonna do it. and here's and here's what happened is it's what I get for coming in here saying that that Texas was going to be a top 14 for at sure, the end of yeah, the year for sure. I I mean they look good they have a great roster and they seem to always do and you love the Texas fans that always say Texas football is back and we all know they're not I just kind of fell into Gotta it this year it. um but they just they they can never perform uh, even under this isn't any crunch time this is no pressure game this is just a regular season game I don't know game. who I feel more bad for between Sam Ellinger and Matthew McConaughey that dude I don't feel bad for Sam Ellinger he was he threw seventeen for thirty six I don't feel bad for Matthew McConaughey I like Sam Ellinger you don't feel bad for Matthew McConaughey I like Matthew no. McConaughey a lot he's got to be the biggest Texas Longhorns fan I've ever seen and he teaches at the university don't it don't I think he does yeah. I think he Teaches acting or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Then you think he pulling some recruits then maybe because good lord. Anyway, number eleven. <laughs> well, we just said they have the roster. <laughs> they, yeah, they do. He, he needs to help the coach. Coaches. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number eleven, UCF loses to Tulsa, thirty-four twenty-six. Another upset here. I'm pretty sure this is UCF's first loss in the regular season for. I think past... it was a twenty-two game streak, maybe. Right, was... Well, a twenty-one game home streak. Okay. Still an impressive yep. uh, feat. Um, number 16, Mississippi State loses to Felipe Franks in Arkansas. Wait, Felipe Franks is for Arkansas? Yeah. After what, when, I, did that, when did that happen? After Kyle Trask took over for Florida, Felipe Franks transferred to Arkansas. Well, I did not know that. Um, I was really hoping Arkansas would go 0-10 in the SEC. That was my, <laughs> that was my hope for this year. Well, and sadly, it's not going to happen. And, of course, they beat a ranked Mississippi State team who uh, looked pretty decent last week. That is the That is such a Mississippi State move to go into Baton Rouge and beat one of the best teams in the nation or supposed to be one of the best teams in the nation. And then at home, your first home game of the season after beating Gold Tigers. And I've, you lose to Arkansas. 
I figured that KJ Costello would go into Commonwealth Stadium next week and throw for 848 yards, but and he still might, which is he probably will. But uh, that that really hurts Mississippi. Especially State. after this game, he most definitely will. Especially back on to that, back uh, weeks with over 50 passing attempts. And this game really disappoints me because, like I said, I really want to go Arkansas to go 0 and 10 because they really got boned on the um, on the schedule because uh, they. You know, each team got two extra, uh, like the intra-division teams, um, like the the other division teams in the SEC, and they got Georgia and Florida. So I was really hoping that they would go. Two top team. five teams. Yeah, yeah. So, but so. <laughs> it's not going to happen, sadly. Before um, we move on to more college football games, I want to say one more thing about Mississippi State. Mike Leach, I know he loves to throw the ball, but for crying out loud, he has one of the best running backs in the SEC Kylan in Kylan Hill. He got one carry for seven yards. One carry? I know K.J. Costello got 313 passing yards, but that came from 59 passing attempts. 59? Well, who is this? Um, 43 for 59. Who's this Dylan Johnson and... Uh, and Jaquavius Marks, who are they? Why are they getting carries over Kylan Hill? Unless Kylan Hill got injured, but I didn't see anything about that. But Kylan Hill, if he is healthy, if he was healthy, definitely needs to be in the double digits for carries. That is atrocious. Hmm. I know he's coming from that Pac-12 offense. Mike Leach, this is the SEC. You can't You're going to get some pretty good like running backs. Yeah. If the passing game is not 100%, which it's not going to be for every single game, hand it off to the running back. Stop throwing the football. Well, you know what it is? It's, he's used to that Pac-12 defense, and he just realized he woke up in the SEC yep. this week. So, um, But moving on, 16 Oklahoma loses for the second time this year. This time to Iowa State, 37-30. to 30. Oklahoma not even looking like – I mean, they look horrendous compared to last year, the past couple of years. Uh, second straight week that Spencer Rattler had a chance to come down and make a play at the end of the game, and second straight week he threw an interception. You know, I like Spencer Rattler. He was supposed to be the next, you know, great Oklahoma quarterback, but I just don't see it right now. I wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma loses a couple more games because this is a team who was supposed to be contending for a playoff spot, and – now that's impossible. Starting the season one and two, the motivation just isn't there anymore. But they still, because the Big 12 is so weak, they still have a chance for the Big 12 championship. Well, it doesn't help that Oklahoma is solely based on the offense. I mean, you put up, you're used to putting up 50 points a game with, um, with Kyler Murray and yeah. Jalen Hurts last year. I mean, Spencer Rattler had some big Big shoes to fill, Definitely. especially but as a Even though player. the Big 12 championship title is still there, I still will say the motivation will be that down because this is a team who mainly focuses on that playoff spot. Um, as we had them in our pickums last week, SMU beat number 25 Memphis 30-27. to or thirty to twenty-seven. I believe it was on a game-winning field goal uh, close to the end of the game. Uh, NC State beats number 24 Pittsburgh 30-29. to And then number four Georgia takes care of seven Auburn. 26 to 6 that looked I mean that was just a dominant performance by Georgia Auburn had no chance Bo Nix you know Bo Nix he I'm not gonna say he's a bad quarterback if you don't put him on Auburn if you put him somewhere else like I don't think he can play for a big time SEC school but if you still put him in what is Auburn I was about to say you rephrase that statement if you don't put him on a excuse me a big time what did I say you said you basically said Auburn's not a big time SEC. No, school. no. 
Rephrase that. If you put Bo Nix on a low, don't put let's, him let's on Let's say a, like oh. Alabama, Florida, Georgia, yes, LSU. Yes, all those yeah. schools. So you're saying putting him on a on a low, like a lower power five school. Yeah, okay. I think he can excel pretty well with the lower power five schools. No, you put him with the Crimson Tide in Florida. He's not a guy who's going to get you over the hump and take you to a national championship. Well, it's because he's based on his legs, and if you if you take away the run game with him, then it's like you got to make him throw the ball. He can't do that very well, and you see it even if he throws it up to his six five receivers. It worked against Kentucky because Kentucky's secondary is horrendous. But it's not going to work against actual top-tier Power 5 schools. But the last game we will segue into the Kentucky Wildcats. <sighs> Probably the most uh, Kentucky Wildcats loss in the history of It is such Kentucky a football. Kentucky way to lose. And I know, Caden, we were talking about it on Saturday when it happened. But they pulled a practice squad player off for, to kick a ball, apparently. He misses the extra point in overtime on a, on a drive that we went up. So it was... 30, remind me of the score. It was 42 to 35 at that, or it was well, 41. The touchdown put it at 41 35. And, yeah. and the kicker missed the field goal, the extra point. And then, of course, with uh, Old Miss's offense, you already know they're going to come down and score the ball. And, of course, they did. I uh, got a pass interference call on Joseph, who can get on out of here. Caden, we haven't heard from. You the entire show. What'd you think of the Kentucky game? Oh, uh, it was the it was the second worst feeling I've had since Kentucky lost to Florida when they left the wow. wide receivers open for two touchdowns. It was one of those feelings. Um it was it was just bad. Kelvin Joseph just terrible. I don't I don't get you talk so much trash and you've been you've been playing like Trey Meadows the past couple weeks and I really don't appreciate it. Um, the offense has been fine, honestly. I Listen, see Terry Wilson. Uh, he, I think he had the second highest grade according to yeah. Pro Football Focus. He's uh, played well in the country. He's played great, and so, you know, I've seen a lot of people be like, "Oh, put Joey Gaywood." In. No, no, no. They, the UK scored forty-one points. Exactly. Like, like it's obviously not the offense. And fault. you know, the secondary last year was you know ranked one of the best in the country. So I don't understand what they're going through right now or why they're having so many problems. Um, it just needs to be fixed. There's no pass rush. Pass rush. It, it, the whole defense just needs to. I don't know. They just need to go underneath something. They, they need a bye week. Honestly, I know you don't appreciate it, but for crying out loud, Kate, and it wasn't a terrible week. The tops won. Sco tops, Mister Producer. Oh yeah, they did win. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't help that you have uh, hiccup plays from Amir Rose, where he's throwing up peace signs oh, on his way to I the end zone. I didn't even talk about that. Oh, AJ Rose, you are a senior, and you're throwing up the peace sign at the 25 yard line. Bro. That was probably right, right when his name was mentioned. I just see the eye rolls from Tory. <laughs> that was probably one of the most mad I've ever been. Like, and people say that oh, they would have won if that wouldn't happen. Well, to me. Like it evened out because they got stopped and they scored right away. Right. So like to me, like it didn't really matter that much. But like I wouldn't mind if AJ Rose never stepped on a football field ever again. That is a little harsh. I just was hoping he would never get another <laughs> touch after that. Him game. and Bossman Fat need to scooch on at him. And I'm I'm a players person. I'm a players type person. But AJ Rose, you've been here way too long. You know better. You know better. Especially it since was, he's one of our best players. He's probably the most important player behind Terry Wilson on that offense. And you, you cannot throw – It was so obvious that, like, he looked over his shoulder and saw the one guy that was about five yards away, but didn't look over the other shoulder to see, hey, there's someone, like, literally on my heels. There's and, someone right here. And I just want to say, on the fumble, in the, he scored. That was a touchdown. He got past the plane. He didn't deserve it. 
but he scored. I, but I, actually, Kate, I I never re- really did see a definitive like angle to show that he did score. I mean, yeah, they didn't like focus in on it. But if if you go like slow, like frame by frame, he he passed the plane, and honestly, his momentum was stopped, so they should have ruled it dead anyways. But yeah, it's just just terrible play. Well, which, did, by the way, was two he plays. He didn't deserve it. He didn't. It. I mean, like you can't run down, you can't run all the way down the field, throw up a peace sign, and then get tackled. And then my question is, why was he even getting the carry to begin with? Yeah, get wildcard. him out of the game. Get um, Rodriguez, I think is his name. Yeah, Chris Rodriguez. I mean, get him in there. He's a power running back anyway. You put him in there. You know, I think a lot of fans are asking why is uh, Smoke not the number one running back, and I really think it's just because he is injury prone. And he did get hurt, and he didn't come back in the game. I really think that's part of the reason. But I think Smoke should be the number one running back. That's that's a bold statement. Well, I feel like Chris Rodriguez and Kavasi Smoke should handle the majority of the carries. Agreed, yeah. Yeah. Over Amir Rose. Yes. Yeah. You can't be serious. That's serious. He just ran down the field and got tra- – like, You can't yeah. base everything – there's a reason he got down the field. Yeah, he, I mean, I mean like, he had a great run. It's just the fact that he got a little well, cocky and threw like a piece on the 25-yard line. Chris we'll come Rodriguez, back to you, yeah. Tori, after you've had a couple days to get over it. I'll never Obviously, that. that's one of the mad- dwelling on it maybe just a little bit. That's one of the maddest I've ever been. You're telling I'll me from what you've seen from up. Smoke is not better than A.J. Rose? I think Hold Chris up, Rodriguez is mad at that Kentucky loss or – the Cincinnati Reds. We'll talk about. It. <laughs> we'll go. We'll get. We'll get into the Cincinnati Reds later. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back. We're gonna get a quick preview of the NBA game going on tonight. You're listening to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Keeping you up to date on Western Kentucky sports. You're in the Red Zone right here on Revolution 91.7. Welcome back to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. I am your host, Ryan Gooden, sitting alongside Matthew Hargrove, Tory Bowling, and Caden Gaylord. We have some NBA Finals talk as I believe the last time we were here, only the Lakers had clinched a spot in the Finals. The Heat had played that Sunday night. The Heat and the Lakers are now both in the Finals, and it seems like the Lakers are the only ones playing. Yeah, it's tough. Um, that well, they're the only one that has players yeah. now. <laughs> Um, I don't necessarily think it would have been like, you know, a nail biting series to begin with, but like I think it there would have been at least some good games, uh, with Bam and, and Dragic. You would hope w- at least one of those. I think at this point it's um instead of playing the rest of the NBA finals, I'd say we take LeBron James and Anthony Davis and make them go play one on one for the NBA I saw finals that MVP. Too. So that was yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I, that's the biggest question is who's gonna who's gonna win finals MVP and I think the biggest question is is Anthony Davis better than Giannis Antetokounmpo? I think Anthony Davis is definitely, with the postseason he has had, I confidently will say no. if the Lakers win the Lakers win the NBA Finals, he is better than Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay, no, I'm good. No, I'm good there because um, – Give Giannis <laughs> anybody like LeBron, and Giannis has won three straight in a row. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of easy when you're Anthony Davis, you have the LeBron James, Chris I, Middleton. The reason why I say that, though, is because – for most of this postseason, Anthony Davis has been the main go-to scorer. But Anthony LeBron Davis has been shadowed a little bit, even though in his greatness, and it may be just because LeBron can easily put up the triple doubles, and we've seen it too much. Anthony Davis, after this finals, you have to consider him a top three player. Stop it. Stop it. You, can, you James, cannot be serious. Kawhi Leonard, well, Anthony Davis. Just what? Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. You can't are we Kawhi in there either. Are we, are we forgetting 
Kevin Durant. Like, don't please, Matthew. Caden, I apologize. <laughs> I was forgetting Kevin Durant. And you know, I don't Kevin even Durant. like KD like that. What about Steph Curry? No, he's not, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> he's been injured. Get out of here with that. KD was what better. Do you, what do you wait? What, what do you mean? I'm, he's still I'm top not, five. I'm not doing this. For you, you said You're top three. Hater. We're talking about top three. You okay, want to put right, Steph my bad, in there? My bad. I, I just thought we were having that. You know, conversation. No, he's not top three. No, but I want you to riddle me this, Matthew Hargrove. Who who is making the plays for the Bucks to set up Giannis Antetokounmpo? Nobody. Like, yeah. Exactly. Like so. Like how can you say but, that? And, and Anthony Davis isn't better. even the number one on this team I mean, right now. You got Eric Bledsoe making plays. George Hill. Like who who's and doing And then that's this? when I'll come with you with. It sucks. It sucks. <laughs> Giannis is on a bad team. I'm sorry for him. Anthony Davis. He got himself on the Lakers. Giannis has no control until Giannis gets that teammate. I'm not going to say he's better than Anthony Davis when Anthony Davis has shown that maybe he's the go-to score on a finals-winning Los Angeles Lakers that has LeBron James on And here's what I'll say to you. What did Anthony Davis do before he got to L.A.? Because he had nobody on his team. And I never put Anthony Davis in my top five. But hold up, but hold up. But now when he's given that opportunity, he's doing it. Okay, he had nobody on his team, but he didn't go anywhere. Well, Giannis has nobody on his team, and he went to the conference. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Anthony Davis is doing it. He's getting it done. With LeBron. LeBron's getting it done. Multiple That's his opportunity to with, get it, and with, he's being the go-to scorer. With, at worst, a top-two player in the history of this game. He's a top three player, Anthony Davis. That's He's getting it done on the biggest <laughs> stage and shadowing LeBron James a little bit. This is how much the finals don't even matter as we're talking about whether or not Giannis is better than, than Anthony Davis. But but hold on, Tori. First off, yeah. Anthony Davis has carried the Pelicans to the playoffs, and they swept Dame when you cl- when people claim Dame oh, is a top sw- five. They swept what, a top five, five seed? That was like three years ago. Bro, but, no but you said no he's done one nothing. in the history of this world was talking about Dame as a top five player like three years ago. But so you also here you that. also said Giannis doesn't have anybody on his team. Chris Middleton's oh, a 50-40-90 oh, guy. Chris Middleton's he, he's, he's an he's, all-star. He's a great oh, three. Hey, he's a great three. Chris Middleton is not fine, Tory he, Bowling. He's fine. He's a, he, I think he's okay. slightly underrated. But like He's if, not an all-star. No, I'll tell you that right now. persuade me on that. But if, if the Bucks had won the title, would Chris Middleton have been the least talented second best player on a title team since when? Dirk? Since, yeah, since 2011. So get out of here with that. But you, no, but you're making it sound like there's nobody on the team. That team led the, led the league in defense, three point shooting, and, and, and was records. Defensive player of the year. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about last year, not this year. But even this year, they've they've done it back to back seasons. That team was one of the best listen, three point shooting listen, teams. So don't I'm just not, say it like there's I, nobody on that listen, Bucks team. I, we're Kentucky fans. We all love Anthony Davis, but the fact that that you think Giannis I is think better than him right now, I think that's the thing that I'm most shocked about. I don't think I'm they protected a cu- Kentucky because boy. Anthony Davis is more skilled. He has he has the outside shot. Giannis doesn't. I don't think that Giannis necessarily doesn't deserve any blame, but like name a, a superstar that hasn't struggled to get their first ring. I mean, you I'm always you always need somebody, but at the Anthony same time, Davis, Anthony Davis did struggle, but at that time, I never consider him a top five player. Now he's been given the opportunity, and that's the way you have to look at it. I'm sorry for Giannis. And in a couple years, if he ends up going to maybe the Golden State Warriors and finds a way to win, but you then won't. I will put him in the top three because he was the best player on that team. Maybe not top three, but top five. Giannis is still a top five player. Let's get that straight. But here's the thing. You won't, though, because if he goes to the Warriors, then you're going to be like, just like KD did. You're like, he copped out, and he no, went to a team that's Giannis better than Antetokounmpo he was. Giannis Antetokounmpo never lost to the Golden 
State Warriors, and, and he, he never was had a never Russell Westbrook on a team that should have won a championship. Um, so let's move on the question a little bit. Who deserves Finals MVP, LeBron James or Anthony Davis? LeBron, I mean, and here's why. <laughs> here's why. LeBron. I like okay, I'm fine with it. LeBron's averaging 29, 11, and nine right now. He's yeah. one assist away from averaging a triple double again in the finals. Without LeBron, that offense doesn't get going, and AD doesn't get the shots that he always gets. Yeah, sure, AD can go. Uh, he can go ISO all the time, like he did last game, and just put up points. But still, LeBron is the reason that team works. LeBron is the I'm not going to say heart and soul, but he's the motor of that team. So you got to give it to LeBron. Man. Yeah, there's no argument here. It's it's pretty easily LeBron. And, you know, I'm, people are going to be like, oh, AD average. I don't care how. I kind of want to see them go one-on-one -on -one in game four. I don't I care. I, don't, I definitely don't think it's not an argument because I think through two games, I think it would be maybe 60-40 LeBron. But, like, I think it's definitely up for grabs. It's not, not easily for LeBron. the league. It's not for us. It would be okay. Yeah, if, also, if we're being objective now, who actually wins it? It would be LeBron. But like, if we're being objective, I think it's an argument. It's definitely an argument. I saw a stat yesterday on Twitter: Anthony Davis, including him and four other players, he is in that category. One of the guys in his first two NBA Finals games that has put up thirty or more points. Yeah, first That's impressive. The only players that have done no that since 90 it. are Kevin Durant and Michael Jordan. And, I mean, Anthony Davis has put up 30-plus points in both games. He's, you know, he's, he's averaging a double-double, and he's leading the team in blocks. I, and he's shooting like 68% in this finals. I think it's definitely an argument. And, like, it's not just a shoe-in for LeBron. Now, will LeBron win it today? I think so, because I don't think the league has the, you know, guts to give it to Anthony Davis, but Cajones, if you <laughs> if, uh, I think if things go a certain way, and especially tonight, because um, again the heater without Bam Adebayo, it it really does look like a JV team guarding. Hey, well, and that's the that's the only argument I would have against is who is guarding AD. You have Kelly Olynyk out there guarding AD. Of course, <laughs> he's going to put up thirty five. I want to ask what you, you want though, to do. I'm not saying it's not bad. I'm just saying yeah. LeBron the has people who decide actual people guarding him. The people who decide who get the NBA. Finals. Fi NBA Finals yeah. MVP award, do they look at it like we do where we say LeBron James makes that team go or Anthony Davis is being guarded by Kelly Olenek or are they just looking at the stats and what they did at that time? Do they get really in-depth when they're actually deciding the MVP? Because if that's the case, then yeah, they probably should give it to LeBron James because Anthony Davis is having to go up against Kelly Olenek and LeBron James really does make that offense go. But if you look at the stats then you kind of have to lean towards Anthony Davis no, you because don't. of the points that he's made. I think, I think, I think hey, you do. Here's, yeah. a, here's the deal. Uh, no, because Andre Iguodala won a finals MVP in 2015. And with that being said, we're going to take a quick break <laughs> because when we come back, we have the NBA. Wait, were you agreeing with me? No. And LeBron James is going to get it because they, they look at other than the stats. Because and it, and Andre Iguodala, of, I'd say a lot of it's narrative. And LeBron has Andre better Iguodala stats. did not deserve that MVP okay. no matter which way you look at it, stats or without it. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to take a quick break. MLB playoffs when we come back. You're listening to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Talking all things Tapper Sports, you're listening to Red Zone on Revolution 91.7. I am your host, Ryan Jones, sitting alongside Matthew Hardgrove, Toy Bowling, and Caden Gaylord, our producer. MLB playoffs are here. And it's let, October. Let's make this very clear. Tory Bowling does not get to talk during this segment because during the break he has said 
He said that he checked out. He has checked out well, of the MLB post. No, 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 no. <laughs> so it's going to be a conversation between me, Ryan, and Caden. Go ahead. So me and uh, Matthew, apparently, because Caden doesn't like talking about baseball for some reason. <laughs> Just me hey, and Ryan. I'm a, I'm a Dodgers Tori, fan. please give us your insight. Um, you know, you asked me what how I felt earlier about the Reds. I'm not necessarily sad or mad. I'm just like befuddled as to what in the world happened. Befuddled. What befuddled. A word. Like I word of the day. Um, flabbergasted. Just you know, two for two. Two, two words of the day. Taken <laughs> aback by the fact that is they that a score. word? Or is that multiple words. <laughs> I think that's three. Anyway, uh, say your thoughts. That the Cincinnati. You know, I told myself coming in the series. You know, if they lose to a you know two seed Atlanta Braves. You know, I'm going to be fine because the Braves are probably the better team. You know, I'm just happy the Reds are here. I'm, I'm happy I get to get playoff baseball, man. Just wonderful. Back in Cincinnati for the first time since 2013. Then the Reds proceeded to go and score zero runs in 22 innings. How is that even possible from a Major League Baseball team? So they did the only thing possible that could have probably made me upset, and they did it. That's what I get. Well, here's a good thing. Zero runs. I just feel so Zero. bad for you because you did get so hyped for the playoffs, and two days later, it was over. It's over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, listen! By the fifth inning of game two, I was begging for it to be over. Like, please put me out of my misery. That way, I don't have to watch this offense anymore. I was so done. You have good pitching though, so there's a possibility. Well, not anymore because Bowers, yo, Audi five thousand. So he just added the Reds earlier on Twitter. I saw that Red Sox. Um, that's what I meant. <laughs> Yeah. Red Sox. He could be going anywhere, but uh, the Cubs also struggled in the first round as they lost to the Marlins because of, again, bad offense. They scored one run in the first game. And uh, the, NL cent- the NL and AL Central uh, combined went 0-7 in their series. Very impressive. Very <laughs> impressive. Uh, as the Marlins have never lost a playoff series and will continue to do so until this round. But um, the more interesting playoff series was the Padres and the Cardinals, one of the ones that went to three games. The young Padres, I say young, the young Tatis Jr. looks very good. The Padres are legit. Yeah, Fernando Tatis, and apparently there's rumor that Mike Clevenger is going to try to be back for that Dodgers series, and that would be massive. You need all the pitching you can get against that dangerous Dodgers lineup. But the Padres, they looked like they were dead in the water. Game two, I believe it was the sixth inning. They're down 6-2, to two, and then Fernando Tatis, Junior got him going with the solo shot, was yelling at the dugout. Manny Machado, you go back-to-back. And then Fernando Tatis later in the ball game to, I believe, put him up. Well, I think the first one was a a three-run shot off of two walks, unless that was the third game. Some of those, it's hard to remember because they hit so many home runs in the series. Yeah. But Manny Machado then went up back, and then Will Myers hit one. And then Will Myers hit another one. That basically put the nail in the coffin. That one that he hit was in the bottom of the eighth in game two. But Fernando Tatis, he had the bat flip. I can't remember if it gave the Padres the lead or just increased their lead. But Fernando Tatis Jr., this dude. Just needs to learn how to field. (laughs) He's still a pretty good fielder. The guy. And he's so young. He makes some bad decisions. And because you, he's young, I know, but I mean, it'll come. You saw in game two, and it was he made a great diving play. And there's a guy on first, and he's running the second, and he just overthrows the second baseman by a mile and a half. He throws a 97 mile fastball at the second baseman from four feet away. <laughs> it goes to the right fielder, who is not even backing up the second baseman. He's just playing his grass ferry out there, and then the guy almost scores for the Cardinals. But the offense will out 
out play with the all defense that being every time. said he's the leader everyone in that clubhouse looks up to Fernando Tatis even Manny Machado they said it on the broadcast and I couldn't agree more Manny Machado has benefited more from Tatis than Tatis has from Machado yeah all that being said I got Dodgers in three uh try four no three no shot you know if if um Mike Clevenger or Lamette don't come back and pitch like who's getting outs for this Padres team yeah. And you're not facing St. Louis Cardinals offense with, you know, a 48-year-old Yadier Molina. You're facing the Los Angeles Dodgers with Mookie Betts, uh, Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner. And plus, if Clayton Kershaw is going to throw like that. Don't, don't, he's gonna, don't, if don't, he's gonna throw don't. Like that, he faced the Brewers team where the guys. best hitter on the team is Chris Yelich, who shot 200 this year. He faced the worst team. I'm just saying. He possibly could have. They didn't even go positive this year. I'm not saying. And it's the wild card series. Yes, I'm if just he saying. pitches like Clayton Kershaw is supposed to, then the Dodgers will go far. That has been the situation for the past <laughs> six years. Fifty years, my guy Tori <laughs> I'm just saying that that's a big step in the right direction, and he had his command. Uh, he's throwing the biggest percentage of breaking balls in the uh, postseason, um, and I don't know if you see his pitch overlays, but I mean they're nasty right now. His slider is getting guys out. Well, he has to throw more of the off speed because he doesn't have that 95, 96 mile per hour fastball. I just don't. Anymore. I don't see it's the Dodgers nasty. getting beat. I don't. Here's the thing. I don't either. I say it goes in four because this Padres lineup. I say it gets them one game. All I'm Plus, saying, no, the no days off in the NLDS is going to hurt the Padres because they they're not going to be able to sustain the pitching for yeah, this long. That is true, but there is a reason Walker Buehler is the number one guy now. He starts in the game one for every playoff series from now on because Clayton Kershaw is known to choke in those big situations. If it's good that, that Kershaw is number two, then that's fine, and you have two of the best pitchers as your number one and two, but until I see Kershaw play in a big game again, I, I can't believe it. Um, Eight innings, quick, no runs, 13 strikes. Against the Brewers who don't have a winning record. Give him a gold star. <laughs> it's a wild card series. Uh, the Twins continue to struggle. They've lost 18 straight playoffs, uh, playoff starts, playoff games. Uh, just absolutely atrocious of a, of a franchise. I don't know what to say. They're cursed. I, I, don't, I don't know. If, I mean, like, it's not like 18 straight postseason. Well, I mean, it's, it's not 108 years. Yeah, it's not 108 years. It's like you know, 30. It's a mini curse. You gotta say it's a mini curse. It's it's some it's something. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> what if they the can't Reds had like, 18 straight postseason losses? Well, and you're right, and they hadn't of uh, they've not won a World Series since 1990 either. So I mean, like you know, it w- it would be very frustrating. Well, but it'd be it's different. not a curse, but it's definitely yeah. something to look at. Yeah. Would be different if it was series, but it's games. <laughs> oh, I mean, my thing is like you know those guys weren't there, you know, for you know the first ten of those losses, you know. But I they mean, were there this time. And they, they were didn't there do this anything. Time. Uh, the most impressive thing I saw out of the Minnesota Twins was Nelson Cruz. The dude is 40 years old, and he still looks like. He was kind of in his prime. My question is, um, you know, Carlos Correa talking all that garbage after the game, after you beat the Twins who lost 18 straight postseason games. Talk to me about the haters when you're in the World Series again without cheating and not hitting 212. All right, like, then you can come at me. But until then, no thank you. That's a fair point. But like you said, all the um, kind of older guys are playing well. I think that benefits from the fact that there's not 167 games or however much they play, 62 in the season it kind of helps the older guys. They don't. That's uh, a little easier on the body. Yeah, it helps them a lot. Um, real quick, the Rays, Yankees, probably the best series in the second round, I would assume. 
I have a gut feeling. At least the most exciting. Telling me that the Yankees are just going to find a way because it's the Yankees and because they're playing the Tampa Bay Rays. I like the Yankees a lot. That offense is clicking. Uh, they got dudes that just put together good at bats. They put the ball in play when they need to. Um, and, you know, Garrett Cole is Garrett Cole. Game one. The bullpen is upset, exceptional. Now, game one may be a must win. Yes. It's a must win for both teams. I agree teams. with that. Most likely having Garrett Cole going up against Tyler Glass now. Oh, that that will probably be the best game um, one. Blake Snell is throwing. Game Blake one. Snell still. Yeah. Probably the best game one. Either way, that's going to be a great series. We also have the A's Astros and then the Braves Marlins. So we'll look to be in that NLDS. A's and Braves. A's and Braves, obviously. Everyone in America is Oakland A's fans. Although, be careful. Those Marlins could be sneaky. Have never lost a postseason series. Never. Not, not one time. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we have Pick'ems as you're listening to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Keeping you up to date on Western Kentucky sports, you're in the Red Zone right here on Revolution 91.7. You're listening to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. I am your host, Ryan Gooden, sitting alongside Matthew Hargrove, Toy Bowling, and Caden Gaylord. We have Pick'ems, but before that, Western Kentucky football takes on Marshall at at Western Kentucky. This is homecoming week for them. Um, and then we're going to get to Pickham's, our record for the last couple of weeks we haven't been keeping up with. We actually tallied them up today. We'll read them off real quick. Tory is sitting at 19-10 and 10 on the year. Matthew at 23-16. and 16. Uh, I, myself, Ryan, at 28-11. and 11. Caden Gaylord at 27 and 12, and Patrick Carey at 19 and 10. Now, Patrick and Tories have not yet been counted up from last week. Okay. So we will get those in after this, but those are the standings for right now. Cool. Um, so let's get into pickums this week. Uh, we have WKU versus Marshall. Matthew, who you got? Homecoming week coming off a big rivalry win. Give me the tops. That's very interesting, Tori. Uh, it was really interesting just hearing Matthew throw away a uh, Pickham's pick. That's uh, a, give, yeah. me, give me the herd. Yeah. Uh, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> um. What has happened to the love of Western Kentucky in this studio? Caden didn't uh, even know that Western was playing yesterday. You know? I love being an objective picker. That's what I like. I like winning Pickham's. It's fun. <laughs> but you haven't won. But, um, yeah, Marshall. Did you say- – Caden, did you say, Matthew, you haven't won? No, that's, Ryan hasn't won. Uh, well, well I, ha- I haven't either. Yeah, I won. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, for Florida versus 21 Texas A&M, Matthew, who do you got? Florida looks really good right now. Give me the Gators. Uh, Tori? Can we talk about um, this Pitts guy for Florida, how he has uh, six touchdown catches in two games? He's the number one tight end on the on big boards for the draft. Yeah, uh, give me Florida by 1,000. Kyle Pitts, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Florida as well. Caden, who do you got? The Gators. Florida across the board. This one is an interesting one. 19 Virginia Tech versus 8 North Carolina. Caden, uh, who do you got? Um, I know nothing about neither team. Is it at North Carolina? It is. It, like that matters. <laughs> North Carolina. Uh, known for their basketball, but they seem to be playing well in football this year. Uh, Tori, who do you got? North Carolina. Matthew. North Carolina. You should have been the outlier. I'm going to go Virginia Tech, um, and that'll do it for that one. Number 22, Texas, who had a great falling out last week versus Oklahoma, who has been awful this what season. What a matchup. This is the, the matchup of matchups. Wow. Uh, Matthew, who do you got? 
Give me the Longhorns. You weren't very confident in that. No. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't worry. Who do you got? I'm just trying to decide who's going to be worse. Um, I think Oklahoma. Uh, no, my bad, Texas. I'm going to pick Texas. But you're saying Oklahoma's going to be worse? Both these yeah. teams are just so <laughs> desperate for a win. Wow, what a matchup. Caden, who do you got? Yeah, um, I'm going to go with Texas. I hope this is the last Texas game on Pickens for the rest of the season. Yeah, it should be on every week just so we can get them all wrong. <laughs> uh, number 14, Tennessee. Number three, Georgia. I'm pretty sure we all know there's going to be a clean sweep. Has anybody got Tennessee? If it was at Tennessee, I think I'd pick Tennessee. But no, you were would. out of your you mind. Not, I, I think you I would, it. honestly. I think you're crazy. Um, we're going to go on Florida State versus no- number five, Notre Dame. Matthew, who do you got? Notre Dame by a million. A million. You trust Notre Dame that much? I don't trust Florida State. Okay, fair did, enough. Did Florida State lose to Jacksonville State? No, they did not. They oh, okay. <laughs> they tried. Caden, <laughs> who do you got? Um, not Florida State. <laughs> who <laughs> was the other team? Notre Dame. Notre Dame, yeah. That's always a good <laughs> answer. Uh, Tori, who do you got? I'll take Notre Dame. And I will as well. Next up, UTSA, who's played well this year, versus number 15, BYU. Matthew, who do you got? BYU. Tori? Uh, BYU. I saw that some people had BYU could be able to slip into the top four. Excuse um, me? Yeah, it was a ESPN notification. I really didn't pay attention to it, but – yeah, um, but that would be awesome. The, the likelihood of that actually happening is like very low, but that would be awesome if BYU can be in the top four when Western plays them. Here's the thing: BYU is going to be the top four of non-power five schools. Even another power five, but non-SEC school to be in a, in a top four. They're never going to make it to the top four. Next up, who? Do, I'm sorry, who do you get? Uh, BYU. Yeah, I figured. Uh, Missouri versus 17 LSU, who has looked awful this year. I believe, is it at LSU? I think it's it at is. LSU. Uh, but Missouri kind of shocked some people last week. Uh, Tori, who do you got? LSU. Matthew? LSU. Really? Yeah, no shock this week. Sorry, LSU. LSU's looked pretty bad, but I'm going to take them as well. Next up, we have Coastal Carolina, who is 3-0, versus 23 Louisiana, who is also 3-0. I like it. Tori, who do you got? Um, give me Louisiana. You didn't like it enough. Matthew, who do you got? Give me Coastal Carolina. There we go. Caden? I'm going with the uh were they? Twenty sixteen division uh division one baseball champions, Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina. I actually had a kid from my high school who played on that team. Very nice. I'm also gonna go Coastal Carolina as Tory Bowling, the only one that went with the ranked Louisiana team. This what is, a terrible pick. <laughs> this is supposed to be the game of the week, um, but I'm not sure it'll be much of one as number seven Miami is facing number one Clemson. <laughs> Matthew, who do you got? Clemson by a million. By a million. Tori, who do you got? Uh, Clemson by 17. Caden? Clemson. You got to give me a number. Uh, 45. <laughs> okay. Everybody else is giving out numbers. I'm going to go Clemson by 28. But that's going to do it for this week. Um, make sure if you're a West Kentucky fan, go check out the Tops this weekend, homecoming, get your ticket, um, as it'll be a great matchup versus Marshall. You'll see Marshall throw the ball a lot. Um, but that's going to do it for this week. Next week, we will have our friend Matthew Hargrove hosting the show, as always. Um, go check us out on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at WKU Red Zone. And go Tops. Go, go Tops. tops.